The Scoop Podcast, brought to you by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, here's your host, Josh Getzoff. What's up, everybody? Welcome aboard. Time for a new episode of the Scoop Podcast presented by PPG. I am your host, Josh Getzoff, and today we're going into the Penguins dressing room to chat with a guy who's become pretty popular among both the Penguins fan base and the organization in general, talking about second-year defenseman John Marino. Now, all he did was put up 26 points in his first season of pro hockey last year with the Penguins. That was the fourth highest total among rookie defensemen across the NHL, by the way, and it bears mentioning still to this day, one of the craziest, mind-blowing trades as far as player for aspect, I guess, John Marino acquired from Edmonton two summers ago in exchange for a sixth-round pick. <laughs> Amazing vision by the Penguins' front office and scouting staff to see the potential, and that's obviously translated probably far beyond anyone's expectations to what Marino could have been to what he has become. A strong start in his NHL career, obviously, and now a long-time commitment to the 23-year-old who signed a six-year, $26.4 million deal with the Pens that'll kick in next season. Now, Marino's poise, his calm demeanor on the ice, that's definitely translated to his off-ice persona as we've come to know him. In fact, it's been said by his head coach, Mike Sullivan, that the coaching staff occasionally checks to see if he has a pulse. But... I think you'll see a bit of John's personality come through in this conversation. And a quick but important side note here as far as this conversation is concerned. This interview was recorded virtually and about a week prior to Marino being placed on the NHL's COVID protocol list. Uh, so keep that in mind as you listen to this episode. Also, I got an assist in this interview from Penn's Inside Scoop's Michelle Crecchiolo, who joined me to chat with the Penguin Blue Liner. And we are excited to bring it to you right now. So here it comes... Get ready, episode 39 of the Scoop Podcast, presented by PPG, featuring Penguins defenseman John Marino. All right, we welcome you in. It is time for another Scoop Podcast, presented by PPG Paints. Great to be back with you. I'm Josh Getzoff from the Penguins Radio Network. Got a co-host today. It's Michelle Cracciolo of Penn's Inside Scoop. And our guest, he's rich, John Marino, Penguins defenseman. Johnny, thanks so much for being here with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, we were talking before we came on, John. Uh, the, the money is probably the biggest reason why we've had you on the podcast. And obviously, there's like a distribution deal when you come on. So thanks so much in advance. Uh, I enjoy yeah. all the downtown restaurants, anything of that nature, whatever you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, John, so now that you have the new contracts, um, like, are you off the hook for buying dinner now? Like, how does that work? Because you can't really go anywhere. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you just order in now and, you know, you kind of, I guess you kind of get, you do get off the hook a little bit, you know, you're not spending as much money going out to eat and everything, but yeah, especially with going out with the guys, since we all can't be together, you know, so it's really just taking care of yourself. So it's kind of nice. I know this is the first time that we've all kind of gotten to talk in this setting. Uh, you, you've done a lot of these WebExes, John. I know when you signed the contract and in all seriousness, obviously, congratulations. That was well-deserved mm -hmm. uh, for you. Um, but you know, throughout this season, you've done a couple of availabilities as well. How much do you miss? I know you don't miss the media completely, and I'm sure there are some people that you're very happy you don't see every day, but how much do you miss this kind of aspect? Just kind of talking and being around people. Yeah, I think being around people is probably the, the biggest aspect of it. I mean, it is weird, you know, talking over zoom and, you know, doing these types of calls and, you know, in a person uh you know it's just a lot easier to you know some and sometimes the media some people uh don't you know how to figure it out the whole process 
you know, they get a little stuck on the mute button or something, but <laughs> they're still, but it's still a work in progress. All right. So you guys are kind of in the hotel then when you're on the road, right? As much as you can yeah. share, at least you guys are in there until you go to the rink and play your opponent. Yeah, exactly. We're in the hotel, you know, the whole time, really. I mean, we can go for walks, but you know, you can't go into any establishments or anything. So we're, yeah, we're just at the hotel. John, that's well, I feel like you've grown out the flow a little bit too. So of a lot of the guys on the team, I mean, yeah. who would you, what's your flow rankings right now? Like what, what's the flow depth chart on the, on the Pittsburgh Penguins? In your flow. Uh, I, I don't know. I say it's pretty bad right now. I say everyone's just scared to get a haircut because of COVID and <laughs> everyone's kind of taking a hit, but at least we're all in it together. That's would you ever, yeah, I mean, would you ever give... <laughs> Your roommate Sam Lafferty, would you ever just give him a haircut? <laughs> I would love to, yeah. That'd be great. I don't know if he would let me, but that would be great. Yeah, I feel like he probably hasn't gotten a haircut since he came into the league last year because I remember he had the buzz and then he yeah. came out of camp yeah. this this year and it was like, whoa, who is that guy? First of all, new number, long hair, totally different looking <laughs> guy. Yeah, it's funny you guys say that because, you know, I've been around him, you know, since the bubble. We've been talking, so it's not, I didn't really you know, think twice about it. And then, you know, you guys started saying something about his hair and everything and how he looked different. And I don't know, it was just funny, the whole thing, how it got brought up. Yeah, I was wondering if you guys, like, trip each other about that or not in the locker room, like, or if you just, it, yeah, or it just didn't register whatsoever. Yeah, it didn't really register. It is what it is at this point. I mean, and especially the guys like Tanner, who just love the attention, you know, so it is what it is. I I'm actually curious, Sean, has his headshot been going around the locker room at all in <laughs> no, the group it's chat? Been, it's been going around his head. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> so, so the crazy thing with him is, like, if you look at that picture, that, that headshot from this year, everyone was like, yeah. this is ridiculous. And I thought it was hilarious when it popped up. But if you look at the progression from his time in Winnipeg, he kind of makes the same face every year. He just had his bug eyes going this year. I don't know what the difference, I guess that was the biggest difference. It's like a thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, that's just his normal face. I mean, it's, it may, maybe it was just time. Maybe I mean, it was a matter of time before someone noticed it. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, hey, I wanted, I wanted to ask you about, I know we have a bunch of stuff we want to talk to you about, but I, I, we mentioned the contract off the top. Um, I know this is something you've been asked a little bit about, but if we could kind of go a little deeper into it, when you signed that deal, I mean, if you were to have told John Marino last year that not only would you, you know, evolve into a top four defenseman in the NHL with a ton of responsibility on a team with Stanley Cup aspirations, but you're also going to sign a really impressive long-term deal to be a part of that team's future. Would that have been something you could even process at that point after that trade from Edmonton to Pittsburgh? Yeah, probably, you know, definitely not. But I mean... But, I mean, yeah, once you're on the team, I mean, those, you know, Malkin, Latang, Crosby are definitely the three guys or that come to your mind for sure. You know, you just kind of take it one step at a time, one day at a time, and, you know, you just see where it goes. I mean, who knows? I mean, could say the same thing for you guys. I mean, would you know where you, you would be five years ago? I mean, it's like no. the same question. So, <laughs> so John, uh, sources have told me that when you and your twin brother Paul shared a childhood bedroom you each got to pick a fat head decal for the wall mm -hmm. and he picked Zdeno Chara and you picked Sidney Crosby <laughs> can you can you confirm or deny this rumor 
I honestly can't confirm or deny because I don't really remember. <laughs> but I mean, if it's, if it, I don't know if it's coming from my brother, if it's coming from my parents, because if it's coming from my brother, then it could be skewed. I don't really trust what he says all the time. <laughs> he could be good. But I remember we did have a uh, Crosby fathead. Yeah. When he was, uh, he was pretty young. I mean, it his first couple of years in the league. So what was that like when you got to actually meet him for the first time? Like, what was that interaction like? He was a little smaller than I thought, you know? <laughs> and obviously, he's like 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six feet, right? On skate, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it was awesome. He was obviously, he's, you know, the first class. He is who he is. You know, he's the first guy to introduce himself and welcome me to the team. And yeah, it's a pretty cool experience. As last year kind of went along, when did, uh, I mean, so many people talk about, you know, their first year in the league and the speed of the game and everything, but you seemed like, I remember Sully saying a few times when he was asked about you, that they check you for a pulse with how you were handling, uh, you know, the game situation and everything like that. <laughs> how, how did that come so naturally to you? I mean, your first year, I mean, on this situation, playing up in the lineup, seeing some situational minutes too with power play. I mean, how did that all come so naturally to you right off the hop? Yeah, I mean, you definitely have your ups and downs, and it's nerve-wracking at times. I mean, you just kind of get a feel for the game and the way the game's going. I mean, it's kind of hard to explain when you're in the moment and you're just playing. You don't really think about it. I was going to say, yeah, because everyone that knows you says you're just the most laid back. I mean, are you doing, like, yoga and, like, meditation? Like, <laughs> we don't know no. about <laughs> Not too, not too much yoga and meditation, no more. Just being lazy, I guess. Probably that's something I got to work on. But, <laughs> but no. Hey, you're working hard out there. You deserve to uh, have some yeah. downtime. Yeah, yeah. Did you? So when you speaking of all that and kind of working hard and working your way up, I know you just played, and and as we speak now, you're getting ready to play the Rangers. Obviously, you and Adam Fox go way back. Uh, what was it like, I guess, being on a team like that where you obviously had pro aspirations yourself, but everyone was coming to watch Adam Fox? At least we mm -hmm. think. Maybe they were coming to watch John Marino, but most people were coming to watch <laughs> Adam Fox. Yeah, I didn't really think about it. I mean, because he plays, he plays a different game than me. He's, yeah. uh, you know, a little more offensive. And, you know, I, so I, I didn't really worry about it. But, I mean, when I watched him play, you know, I learned a lot from him too. He's one of the smartest hockey players, you know, I've ever been around. So that was really cool to be able to play with him and learn from him too at the same time. So I think we were kind of, I was definitely able to benefit from that. Did you guys talk a lot throughout last season as you're both rookies and, and having such success so early? Like, were you guys just like, what is happening? Like, yeah. What was that yeah, dialogue sure. like? Yeah, you know, since we both signed, we were, you know, just talking about the whole process because we literally went through the whole process together. So um, throughout the year, you know, and even when we both signed, we were able to go through that together and, you know, just kind of, you know, communicate with one another about it. And it was cool to have someone else to go through it, to go through it with. So, John, before you went to Harvard, you played one season uh, for Tri-City in Nebraska. <laughs> what was <Yeah>. that like <laughs> after, like, you know, growing up in Boston and, you know, living in Massachusetts and all of a sudden ending up in the middle of the country? where I can't imagine there was a lot going on uh, outside of hockey. Can you just take us through what that year was like? Yeah, that was, so that was, I did a senior, my, my senior year in high school there, which was, you know, obviously a lot different than the high school in Boston that I went to. 
and but I was we had some like eight or nine hockey guys that were there, so it kind of made the process a lot easier. So we would just go to school and go right to practice. But I mean, it was a small town in Nebraska, and the fans were actually great. I mean, there wasn't out much going on there, so I mean, they kind of were forced to go. But um, we had a great owner, we had a great team. You know, we were lucky enough to like win it all that year. No, well, it was it was a great experience. How far were you with Tri City? Did you did you get a chance to explore any other parts of Nebraska? Like, did you get to uh, Lincoln by any chance? Yeah, well, I mean, when we played Lincoln, we uh, the team in Lincoln. Yeah, um, right, right. What's I forget the name of the team. The Stars, but, um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know you got the University of Nebraska. Everyone's a big Cornhusker fan. So did you guys. go to a football game in Nebraska? That's where uh, I was getting at. Oh yeah, no, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't have the opportunity. No, I think maybe one or two of the guys were able to. Okay. But no, I wish I would be able to. I mean, everyone's got their Nebraska Cornhusker shrines in their basement. I know it's huge there. Yeah, it's a cult there. I used to. I used oh, to work is. out in the Midwest before coming to Pittsburgh, and I still say the craziest atmosphere I've ever been in for a sporting event, uh, not professional, was Nebraska football. It was insane. So yeah, I'm just yeah, curious. Yeah. Hey, and that's the, the great state where Jake Gunsel played his college hockey. Yeah, that's right. Yep. <laughs> when Brandon John, this is... him in the Frozen Four, he'll never let him forget about it. Yeah, just to get, try to get a reaction out of Jake, I don't really think Getsy, you know, you know, thinks about it too much. <laughs> maybe maybe Tans <laughs> is thinking about it more than him, but yeah. That was a big weekend for Tans. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> John, actually, side note, I do want to ask, like, what is Brandon Tan of like as a teammate? Uh, he's awesome. Like, yeah. He's great. Yeah, he's a great teammate. You know, he's friendly with everyone. You know, obviously, he's he's just the jokester of the room, kind of, you know, giving it to people. But, I mean, you need to have a guy like that in the locker room to loosen it up sometimes. But, you know, he's also serious, too, for the games. And, you know, he's one of the hardest-working guys I've ever seen. So, he, you know, he brings so much respect to the room, and it's great to have him. Is he always going a million miles an hour? Yeah, it's incredible. Always. Like, 6 a.m., He'll be the first guy up buzzing, like, like he's been awake for five hours. Like, <laughs> we still, like, he doesn't really sleep that much. I don't know. He's just, it's, yeah. it's insane. I've never met anyone like it. So he's like the Dan Potash with more hair, basically, then. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> it's funny because you talk about, you know, uh, Brandon, yourself, guys that play college hockey, Jake. So many people are talking about the schedule this year and how it's college hockey like with you know you just played a set in boston now you get a set in new york against the rangers and then the devils come in for two have you looked at it that way like is is it harder to go one game at a time when you know you're facing a team two games at a time and do you like it i mean i know you're only in your second year in the league but it's a little different than last year obviously from opponent to opponent yeah it's kind of hard to speak of i guess it's a little i mean like they know how we're playing, we know how they're playing, and at the end of the day, it just comes down to execution and who can do it better. So, I mean, yeah, there's pros and cons to it. I mean, I, I guess we haven't really experienced too much of it to, you know, whether we like it or not. But you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, when games 30 and 40 kick around, and you know, what team? I mean, when they were playing the same team seven, eight times. Yeah, because Dumont was saying as a defenseman he likes it because he likes knowing guys' tendencies and as a, like, as a blue liner. And yeah. I don't know if you felt the same way, especially too, is like, you know, it, it is only your second year in the league. Like, you seem like a 10-year veteran, but, you know, it's it's still, I'm sure, an adjustment process. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, does it, does great. it help? Dumo's, yeah, Dumont's really good about that. Like, he can, uh, 
you know, he can go up and down the lineup and just, you know, pick out guys' tendencies and talk about it and feel like this guy might try you or, you know, this guy will just doesn't know there's a puck out there and will just try to run you through the glass. So it's, it's nice uh, to have a veteran like that by your side. Yeah, John, can you actually take us through how you and your twin brother first got started playing hockey? I mean, I think it's a pretty well-known story now at this point, but, you know, for listeners that might not have heard it yet, can you just... Yeah, yeah so my brother was born with uh, deformed legs, and the doctor was like, we can either break the legs and straighten them out. Like, that's one way to go about it. And I don't know if, you know, there's other ways to go about it now, which I'm sure there are. But he was like, another way is to put him on skates to help straighten out because the stride with hockey um, is more of a natural process. And that way we don't have to break his legs. So my dad was like, yeah, of course, let's do that. And then, you know, you put one twin on skates, you're going to put the other one on skates too. So, I mean, that's kind of how it took off. I think we were like one and a half, two years old when we started doing that. And uh, I think my dad still has like my brother's braces from uh, his legs too, which is kind of funny. It kind of looks like a like something from Forrest Gump but uh <laughs> oh my god yeah but yeah it's pretty cool that is pretty yeah cool, what was actually. it yeah what was it like growing up with the twin brother John are you, obviously you guys are are still super close right to this day mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure I mean yeah it was awesome have someone the same age as you and um I mean you don't really think about it growing up I guess now you kind of look back and you can see just having the same interests being able to you know just be competitive in the same age yeah there's a lot of advantages yeah because you guys have a matching tattoo right that was it you that picked it out yeah 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 yeah. we do that's awesome yeah, it's it's a bible quote so we both have the same one on our ribs which is cool nice what does it say a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity almost forgot. that's awesome that was a close one <laughs> You're not looking at your at your rib cage no, every day no, to, no. to yeah, make yeah. sure you you have the quote down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, actually, John, you said your dad, you know, wasn't into hockey, um, but your uncle, your mom's brother, was into hockey, right? Like, how yeah. how much of a mentor and an influence was he for you, and and how close are you still with him to this day? Because your brother was saying, like, when you were growing up, he would take you guys cliff diving and. Like that was super fun, and and now he lives in North Carolina, right? And is that where you quarantined for the pause? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm super close with him. Um, well, our families are pretty close too. My mom's really close with him. Uh, my mom's brother, but yeah, he played hockey at Air Force, so you know he would always be a big influence with hockey for me. You know, growing up, and you know, as I got older, you know, he kind of understands um, the ups and downs of a hockey player. That you know, maybe. Um, you know, my dad who never played wouldn't. So it was kind of nice to go to him and talk about it. And, you know, just, it's kind of hard to understand if you don't play the game, but if you do, then you have someone else who understands it. So it was nice to have him around and yeah, definitely still close. Well, so someone else who was around when you grew up playing for the South Shore Kings, which is like, I feel, you know, like the youth team in Massachusetts (laughs) to play for. is uh kevin stevens because his son luke obviously you grew up with i mean so what was that like having kevin stevens as one of the hockey dads that was around and i think he might have been one of your coaches and you know uh, just like luke was saying that you guys would literally drive to tournaments together Mm -hmm. i mean is little john just sitting in the back seat like oh my god kevin stevens is is driving us or did you not realize really at the time his his stature (laughs) 
I had no idea. Honestly, I, I, we, we were young. Um, you know, I was close with his son, you know, still close to this day. He's a great kid. Um, and yeah, we would go to tournaments together. Kev would be our coach and we have no idea. Like, I'm sure my dad knew, but of the legacy that he had and didn't really find out till we were a little older. But I mean, he was always just the nicest guy, the best guy ever. You would never even think that this guy was, you know, a hockey legend. So he, the way he carried himself was always just first class. And he's a guy, obviously, that, you know, he's been in, in and around Boston for a while since he's retired. And, and you, playing-wise, were in and around Boston after that uh, experience with the South Shore Kings. Was he a guy you kept in touch with? You know, and obviously he played a role in you coming to Pittsburgh um, with the Penguins' perspective of wanting to bring you here. But was he someone you kind of kept in touch with and, and spoke with throughout the years? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I, um, over the years, I mean, whether it was juniors or college, um, I think he would kind of always keep an eye, you know, as a scout, but also as like kind of a friend too, you know, and give me advice and saying, you know, where he thinks I'm going to be as a player, what type of player, but he was always honest with me. So, I mean, that's all you could ever ask for. Well, okay. So now you're a pro hockey player. You obviously have a lot more time on your hands than you did when you were at Harvard and everything was, you know, so scheduled and, you know, you had your workouts, you had classes, whatever else. Like, how do you fill up? your free time like what are your interests outside of of hockey oh that's kind of a loaded question <laughs> um, i have faith in you uh, yeah i'm trying to think <laughs> i mean like there's other like there's like little things that we do on the side but nothing nothing crazy interesting um i don't know i don't have like a anything else really just like a bunch of little things that keep me busy fair enough well you like golfing as well right yeah i'm starting to get into it a little more now that you know that's basically what every guy does is just play hockey during the winter and then golf in the summer so i'm starting like growing up my buddies never really played golf or we just played for fun and mess around out there but uh now that guys are starting to get pretty good i just got like a new set of clubs and getting everything organized so we'll see how it goes how would you rank your golf game right now? Is it very much a work in progress? It's a very much work in progress, yeah. Played a couple of times with Dumo. He's showing me the ropes a little bit. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get out there a little more. You play locally around here at all, or has it all been in Mass and New England? Oh, uh, Mass and New England, although I know there's some really nice courses in Pittsburgh. There are. So, John, have you, uh, have you tried um, taking up any, like, cooking classes lately? I heard that's a skill that needs a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I don't, I don't, that could just be a lost, lost cause. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard cooking for, you know, just one person who really to have, like find that motivation. But uh, yeah, they probably could use a cooking class or two. <laughs> well, what I uh, I also heard that you like making cookies. That's like the one thing that. <laughs> <laughs> that you're good at. You really do. Do you have? <laughs> she doesn't leave any do you... stone unturned. I can tell. No. Nope. <laughs> do you have? Is that like your guilty pleasure that you have a sweet tooth? Yeah, for sure. Definitely a dessert guy. I mean, if there's if there's a dessert somewhere, I'll probably find it. All right. So then, what's the best ice cream flavor in your mind? Uh... This is a very important question for me, at least. Not like a big ice cream guy 
but like if I had to go, I'd probably just go chocolate or something. All right, I would say chocolate chip cookie though. I'll accept chocolate. That's also, a, that's a good you, one too. How can you say you're a big dessert guy but not a big ice cream guy? I feel like they go hand in hand. No, I like the warm desserts a little better than the cold oh, ones. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Fair enough. Wait. So, what's your like absolute go-to dessert? It's like a chocolate cake or uh, or the chocolate chip cookie, probably. Okay, both very good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I know Michelle mentioned this a little bit earlier. Um, but you mentioned only cooking for one. Don't, don't, uh, you sometimes have to cook for two if you ever are tasked with that with, uh, your roommate, Sam Lafferty. What's it like living with him? Uh, easy. He's really easy to live with. That's why I only have to cook for one. <laughs> <laughs> you got two Ivy uh, League degrees in there. Come on. Yeah, we don't cook. We're pretty lazy on that end. You know, they just <laughs> Uber eat something or along those lines i mean we cooked a little during training camp but it was pretty simple what did you guys attempt to cook that was a dangerous answer john <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i should have i should have knew there was a follow-up there. <laughs> um no it was like some maybe some beef uh what else was there some potatoes and that's it <laughs> some eggs <laughs> well listen dumo can teach you how to golf and he can teach you how to cook so and he can teach you about wine i mean he's I a connoisseur he is he's really making us look bad here he's a real <laughs> renaissance man seriously <laughs> yeah if you started getting more into wine john because of dumo like does he basically just get everybody on the team interested in it he's trying to he's trying to i think uh you know laughs and i are getting there a little bit um, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, sometimes we'll be into it. Sometimes we'll be like, you know, just, just give me the class, Dumo. I don't, I don't know what this is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to hear him talk about it though. I mean, um, it's, it's unbelievable the details that he, that he knows about it. Well, okay. So what is your favorite food? And then where, like, where are your favorite restaurants, whether it's here or in Boston? What is my favorite food? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, probably sushi. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know about Pit Pittsburgh. I mean, we had, I guess, Umi's kind of a go-to there. But we had, uh, there's another spot. It's in Shady Side. No, not Shady Side. Maybe it was uh near the Strip. Uh, I forget the name of it. Was it called Umami? Uh, no. Ooh, something like. No, I forget the name. But yeah, there's a couple of good places in Pittsburgh. You just log on Uber Eats. You just click whatever That's your like, save favorites yeah. are and call yep. it a day. Exactly. I cl you click sushi and you order whatever. And, yeah. <laughs> is there any city in the league that you would not order sushi? Like, is there somewhere where you're like, no, I'm too landlocked? Because you're pretty landlocked in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's true. But uh, probably not, no. I wouldn't say I'm that picky about it. Fair enough. So we start with a big contract and we end with sushi. That's how life goes for John Marino. Uh, John, thanks so much for taking the time. Best of luck the rest of the season. Uh, we look forward to the day we can actually talk to you again in person. But until then, uh, stay safe and healthy and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. So now a bit more out there about the man who wears number six for the black and gold. And a big thanks to John for taking the time. Thanks to Michelle who jumped on to join for the interview. And a massive thanks to all of you 
who make this podcast possible by lending us your ears and tuning in. Again, this interview was recorded virtually and prior to Marino being placed on the league's COVID protocol list. So keep that in mind as you listen to this episode. We're looking forward to bringing you some more episodes in the very near future. But in the meantime, do me a favor. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss an episode both past or present. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music. Just smash that subscribe button for me. I would greatly appreciate it. Again, big thanks to John Marino for joining us today. I'm Josh Getzoff, and this has been episode 39 of the Scoop Podcast presented by PPG. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.